I guess you're going to hurt me too. Yeah. And I'm projecting mm-hmm. that upon you. I'm putting an identity upon myself as if somehow I'm always going to be that same victim. What do you say, Allison? What do we do with things like this? What's, what's your thoughts on that? This is totally easier said than done, mm-hmm. but that's when you have to take those thoughts captive. I cannot project my issues that I had onto you because you did not do that to me. Right. You you were not the perpetrator of my hurt Mm -hmm. before you. Okay. That's not your fault. Right. So I should not ever project that on you or take that out on you. Does that happen? Yes. Sure. And so you have to show me grace. We both do, vice yes, versa. in those moments. Because in love, those moments. Yeah, because love covers a multitude of yeah. sins. But you have to make that choice. Right. Forgiveness, love, yeah. is a choice. Yeah. You know, it's easy to say these feelings. I don't have the feelings to do this or right. whatever. Right. Like, I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like showing grace or love. I don't yeah. feel like I'm in love with you anymore. Yeah. Well, that's that's a choice. Yeah. You know. Yes. Um and that's that's one too. You hear the world will use phrases like "I fell in love" mm-hmm. or "We fell out of love," right? Because yeah. as if that happens. No, that's that's not how agape yeah. love. That's not how real love works. Love is a choice. Love is a commitment. Love is a decision. Love uh, again is is this willingness to um, to lay down their life for the other. It's an unconditional. Real love, genuine love, can only be found in the example in the person of Jesus Christ. I cannot define love apart from him because any other definition falls way short. Mm -hmm. You you talked about feelings. Um, One of the things that uh, we talk about sometimes when we're doing some counseling, because you'll get this a lot. You'll get a, uh, you know, well, I feel like, you know, this, or I feel like that. Um... It's important for us to understand that the world says it this way. The world says feelings lead to uh, actions, right? How I feel is going to determine how I act. And the world says then that shapes my beliefs. That, That helps me to believe this or that. And therefore, that's the fact. So, So let me kind of play a scenario out with that in a marriage. Uh, hypothetically. So let's say, well, I feel like, Allison, you don't love me anymore. You know, somebody in the marriage may feel like their spouse no longer loves them, right? And so how might that affect my actions? If I don't think you love me anymore, all right, or if you don't think I love you anymore, how might that affect your actions? My actions are... So so let's say, for example... If you tell me... I don't feel like you love me anymore. How am I, I respond? I'm going to put you in the shoes. Okay, okay. You feel like mm-hmm. I don't love you anymore. Mm-hmm. How does that affect your actions? Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to ignore you. I'm probably not going to show you affection. I'm probably not going to want to be with you. Right, because you feel yeah. like I don't love you anymore. Right. And so that affects your actions. Yes. Now, what do you begin to believe based upon those feelings that now have led to the actions where you're... you're you're just being cold to me. You're not really, you know, engaging as much. What might be your belief in the circumstances now? That is true. Okay. I'm going to believe that he doesn't love me anymore. And you see, so that's why she came to those facts. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. 
That's backwards. In a biblical home, in a Christian home, we have got to flip that around. Okay? Let me be real clear in this. When it comes to the way to control feelings, all right, because feelings are deceptive, right? <laughs> yes. I, I, I can feel all kinds of things, all right? Um, feelings aren't necessarily bad. God's given us feelings, right? I mean, but here again, we live in a fallen world. And so the way to control your feelings is by controlling your thoughts. Basing thoughts upon solid facts as Christians, that's biblical truth. So I need to base my thoughts on biblical truth. All right? So here's a fact. Here's a fact. God has loved us and made us his children. As believers, that's fact, Jack. That is a fact. First John 3.1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. That's a fact. Yeah. So, <clears throat> facts, the truth, should influence my belief. Mm -hmm. And that leads to action, which then helps shape my feelings. Mm -hmm. So let's apply that to the scenario. Let's say you feel like I don't love you anymore. How do you bring that thought captive, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 3, right? We don't battle flesh and blood. Our battle are principalities, spiritual wickedness on high, right? So in order to combat that emotion, that feeling, you must bring your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And then after bringing those, uh, again, you, you, you make that lie pay for it by being obedient yeah. to Christ. Mm -hmm. so, so explain it. So let's go to the scenario. You feel like I don't love you anymore. Mm -hmm. How do you bring that thought captive? What my, do you do biblically? My first thing I would do is ask myself, Self. Self. Did the Holy Spirit... Heidi. No, I would never say oh, that's that that's what myself. I would say. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Self. Self. Would the Holy Spirit put that thought in my mind? Right. That your husband... Yeah, that he doesn't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. Would God tell me that? Probably not. And if I can't let that thought go, I'm going to ask you. Right. I'm going to talk to you about it. And so you've got to at least be willing to have the conversation. Right. Because yes. it's not fair if I hold you hostage in my mind and in my actions and I yes. haven't even talked to you. Right. Because, again, we can hypothetical all day long, the what ifs, the what ifs. But oftentimes, this is part of the problem. Mm -hmm. We allow the feelings to inform the facts. Yeah. And it's got to do it the opposite. We've got to allow the facts to inform the feelings. So the fact is, I'm a born-again Christian. You know that about me. You know that I love the Lord. You know that he is our Heavenly Father. You know that God's desire is that we be on the same page. So with those facts, yeah. that should help inform your feelings. Yeah. And, and again, begin to affect how you believe about this situation. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're in a, in a sim similar situation that, that that's what you're facing. Uh, have the conversation. Sit down and communicate with one another and say, hey, I've been feeling this way. Yeah. You know, but again, 
by laying those cards on the table, you are able to have the conversations that are necessary to get yeah. to get the facts out. And again, there may be scenarios where uh, I go back to to a good friend of ours who um, one time was told, um, "I don't love you anymore," and it it was out of left field. And no doubt watched a, a marriage come to an end uh, that was uh, very difficult to, to uh, see your, your friend uh, go through such, such a thing. And many of you have gone through such a thing. You know the pain that's associated with that. But the reality was one of those, the one who left, um, was in essence following feeling mm-hmm. over fact. And uh, we live in a world where that is a, a dangerous uh, thing for anyone who names the name of Christ. And, and so uh, I would say when it comes to, uh, again, this area, uh, one of the baggages that, that, that we can bring into the marriage is elevating our feelings over the facts. Uh, and, and that's what's causing much of the damage in those relationships. Yeah. And so we've got to bring those thoughts captive yeah. to the obedience of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just, as you were talking about that, I, <clears throat> the illustration came to my mind of, um, you know, when you have a fever, mm-hmm. you have the chills, right? right? But that's not the real temperature. Right. The real temperature I'm could freezing. be 80 degrees right. and yet freezing. you have chills. Yeah. That would be like me having a fever and trying to put the heat up to a hundred right. to make it feel better for me. Great illustration. But the, but the reality is, yeah. the temperature is eighty. You yeah. shouldn't have the chills. Something's yeah. wrong with your body. That's exactly right. So you've got to adjust the actual deal, yes. the issue, yes, and not the environment around, not the other. Right. And, and so in doing that, you've got to get to the heart of the problem. The source. The problem's not the temperature in the room. Right. There's clearly a sickness in your body. Right. All right. Well, there's a sickness in our body. It's called sin. There's a sickness in our heart. It's called sin. Yeah. And when we don't live out our faith, we don't appropriate our identity in Christ, we're not living uh, healthy. Uh, and so what ends up shaping my thinking or your thinking in a lot of marriages is not thus saith the Lord, but what thus saith Dr. Phil yeah. or my uh, you know, friend who, who's been divorced five times and knows nothing about marriage, but man, they're a guru on giving you counsel. Who are you listening to? If you want to have a healthy marriage, it comes by building it on a solid foundation, and that's the person of Christ. That's what we're wanting to do in this series, is talk to you about the building blocks that's going to help you um, navigate some of these uh, pitfalls that even that we as Christians are not immune to, yeah. uh, but uh, we have the answer and the cure for, because God's not left us undone. Yeah. Um, Philippians 3, 12 in 14 says this not that I've already attained or am already perfected but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me verse 14 I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus 
you see in your marriage, one of the first things you need to do, don't dwell on the past. Yeah. Uh, don't play the blame game. Don't allow your feelings to navigate you in your marriage. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 gives us an answer. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. You and I are in a battle. It's not flesh and blood. You're not my enemy. I'm not her enemy. Your spouse, if they know Christ, they know the Lord, you're not their enemy. They're not your enemy. And so we've got to recognize that when we're struggling uh, in marriages, there's only one place you and I can go. And that is to the foot of the cross. That is to leave the baggage there. I often will will illustrate this by um, putting a jacket on and, 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 and say, man, I really want to get rid of this jacket. And I take the jacket and I throw it down on a chair. And I'll walk around for a little bit. And I'll go back over and I'll pick it up and put it back on again. I said, man, I hate this jacket. And I throw the jacket off again. And and I'll walk back over and i pick it up and put it back on. And isn't that our life? I mean, a lot of times uh, we, we carry the baggage of our past. We throw it at the foot of the cross. We want to cast it off. But then we find ourselves picking it right back up. Oh, she could never love me. Oh, if she knew my past. The things that I've suffered, and therefore this is always going to be who I am um, because of my past failures or because of the circumstances that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not who you are. Yeah. You're a child of the king. You are a holy nation. You are a royal priesthood. Your self-worth is found in Christ alone. And when I recognize that, who I am in Christ, it's not based on my merit. It's not based on what I've done or what I will do. That helps me love you better. Because I recognize, in spite of me, God loved me and gave himself up for me. That's agape love mm-hmm. and the cool thing too as you were talking about that it just reminded me of um something we learned in our counseling mm-hmm. stuff um you know that jesus is an eternal being yes he's eternal right and when we think of eternal we normally think oh he has no end right but he had no beginning yeah and if we are if we step in if we are in christ yes. who is eternal no beginning no end our past is is no more. Right. We are new. We are we have eternal life. Right. Because the life that you and I have is his life. Yes. And when so, you receive eternal life, you didn't you received his right. life. His, his him. Yes. Right. He's eternal. Yeah. I received his life. So I don't have to let that baggage That's like right. you say define me. Yeah. I'm more than my baggage. Yeah. Amen. So that's that's good. Because the life that I now have, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Yeah. 
that's the life-changing verse Mm -hmm. that will help you appropriate your identity is truly Galatians 2.20. Yeah. I have been crucified with Christ. That old Jeremy, all those sinful things that I used to take pleasure in and do that were scars and and blights and, and stains upon my soul. He gone. He gone. <laughs> he gone. Bye-bye. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, mm-hmm. but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And so, die to self. All right, if you're struggling right now in your marriage with some kind of baggage, or maybe your spouse is, don't hold it over their head. You don't hold the past against them. You exercise the grace that was given freely to you, you give to them. That is love. Yeah. That is truly agape love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we must practice that in our marriage if we're going to have a healthy yeah. marriage. We've got to talk to the Lord first and foremost. Give him the baggage. Leave it there. Don't pick it up. Talk it out with him and talk it out with your spouse. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, they're going to help you more than hurt you. If you are are just truly vulnerable to them, you've got to let down that wall to your spouse. Uh, Proverbs 31 talks about when a husband finds a wife, he finds favor with the Lord. He talks about his heart safely trusts in her. Husbands, that's what you've got to do. I know for us men, a lot of times that communication side is is a hard part. But we've got to be vulnerable enough to trust our wife with the things that we struggle with. Being transparent, sharing that, being open to communicate that is going to help you just as when you came to the cross of Calvary and confessed your heart to the Lord and you laid that down at the foot of the cross. So, Allison, I got a feeling there's some viewers out there that may need to be having the talk tonight <laughs> um, and, and unpacking some suitcases. We hope you'll do that. Uh, We hope that uh, this has been a blessing to you and a help and an encouragement to you. Um, We also want to remind everyone, again, uh, space is limited. If you would like to sign up for the Building Blocks of a Biblical Marriage Conference, it's coming here to LaGrange on May 12th and 13th. Allison, can you tell them a little bit more about that, what to expect, how do they register? Talk to us. You can register online at cbclagrange.org and it's 6.30 Friday night. Mm -hmm. Dinner will be provided. Um, It's $25 per couple. Per couple. Lunch on Saturday Mm -hmm. and of course our main sessions and workshops. What time does that start on Saturday? Saturday is 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. That's what I heard. And should be done sometime in the afternoon, probably 3 o'clock. So we hope you'll plan to come out again. Space is limited. Go online and register today. And we certainly appreciate you taking time to be with us during this podcast. And I want to remind you, we are living stones. And because we are living stones, go build something great.